Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher. All right, welcome to the program. Now only a couple weeks away from the NFL draft, but uh, at this point, Marcus, I'm experiencing mock draft fatigue. I I don't know about you, but after about a month of this stuff, pouring through all these mock drafts, and there's a million of them out there, it's... I'm kind of over it. I, I literally, I'm like on my phone, like how many days until we really do this thing? You know, I'm, that's where I'm at with the draft. Yeah, I mean, we've basically seen the same picks over and over and over, regurgitated to us, what, 50 different times, 100 different times. So yeah, it's a, it's a tiring job covering mock drafts every day, but somebody has to do it. <laughs> yes, and well, I'm glad we have you doing it, Marcus, for the Raiders Wire, for sure. Let's just throw that out there before I crap all over this stuff. Thank you, appreciate uh, it. But I do want to take a little bit of a mock draft breather this week, maybe get into some NFL draft prop bets. You know, mm. Marcus, I love to talk betting with you. So I think we, we'll definitely get into that because, you know, I'm fired up about that thing. There's lots of bets you can make during the draft. I'm looking forward to that this year. Uh, but first of all, the Raiders have brought back a familiar face. This was in the news this week, and it's a former first-round pick of their own. So, Carl Joseph, a year ago, Marcus, he leaves for the Browns, and then he's a free agent again, and the first wave of free agency goes by, Carl Joseph's still out there, second wave of free agency goes by, still out there, and now the Raiders bring him back, and it sounds like the Raiders never wanted to let him go, and he never wanted to leave the Raiders, and it's just like, why was he at the Browns then? You know, can you like bring me through this story? Like catch me up on this thing. Why did Carl Joseph ever leave if both sides wanted to or loved each other so much? Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways that we can look at it. First and foremost, the Raiders uh, spend the 24th pick in the 2019 draft on his replacement and Jonathan Abram. And they basically thought, Hey, we're drafting Abram. We'll replace Joseph when his contract is up. And that'll be an easy transition. Well, uh, Jonathan Abram through two years has not been the player that they've hoped. And Carl Joseph has actually played pretty well over the last couple of years. So are they bringing in Joseph to compete with Jonathan Abram? I don't know about that, but I think there's a chance that Joseph maybe beats out Abram. And at the very least, I think that Gus Bradley will experiment with the idea of potentially using Carl Joseph as like a nickel linebacker, use him close to the line of scrimmage. And that's a role that he can fill really well. So we've talked about safety depth. I think Carl or Joseph at least gives them a body that they know. Uh, and I'm excited to have him back. Yeah, it's just nice to have a, a, another safety in the room before the draft, right? I mean, that it makes you feel a little bit more comfortable going into this thing, I think. Yeah, because last week we were talking about you and I suiting up to potentially <laughs> be the free safety. So at least having uh, a veteran back there that you know uh, certainly helps. Again, just don't put me at quarterback, please. I'll try. I can try. I, I can't run either. So maybe tight end, something like that. There you uh, go. But so, okay. There's another story on Raiders Wire that I literally, I laughed out loud, almost fell off the couch because I did not know this because I was 15 years old, Marcus, uh, during the 2000 NFL draft. You had this story up about the history of pick number 17, the mm-hmm. Raiders history, the history of that pick league wide. I thought that was kind of a fun story. And I just did not realize that the Raiders picked Sebastian Jankowski in the first round. I did not realize that they picked him number 17 overall. And I was just like, huh? Like, who picks a kicker that high? I know it's not unprecedented. It's happened before. But I just did not know that Seabass got picked number 17. I chuckled out loud. I thought that was great. Yeah, and you know the funny thing about it is that pick at the time wasn't criticized all that much. It was considered, yeah, that's a, that's a smart pick from the Raiders. 
Uh, the year before that, they lost a bunch of close, uh, you know, one-score games. They took Seabass, uh, hoping that he could fix some of their woes. And listen, he was a pretty good starter for a long time. He started, what, 17 years for the Raiders? Uh, not, not a bad pick, but still, anytime you pick a kicker in the first round, uh, we can make fun of it a little bit. A kicker who can bang 60 yarders on Sunday afternoons, but, and then crush a 30 <laughs> pack on Sunday nights, right? That, that's kind of how, exactly. that's how I remember Seabass. I don't remember him as a number 17 overall pick. So I just, I just thought that was hilarious, but I was like, let's hope the, uh, the Raiders have a little bit more success this time <laughs> yes. around with pick 17. Yeah, I think so. I think we'll see something a little, a, a different route than they would in 2000. I just got a kick out of that, but all right. In all seriousness and, and, at the number 17 pick, we saw C.D. Lamb go to your Cowboys last year, mm. a guy who slipped through the cracks, right? He should not have gone 17. He should have gone top 10, top 12, the latest. He ends up slipping to the Cowboys. I think a couple years ago, another stud, Derwin James, goes number 17 mm-hmm. to the Chargers. Uh, you wrote about Steve Hutchinson, the Hall of Famer, who went 17 to the Seahawks in 20, uh, 2001. So I guess this is like my mock drafty kind of question of this week. What underrated player, right? Maybe there's an underrated player that slips through the cracks this year, Marcus, and falls to the Raiders at 17. Maybe we could hope, like, who could this year's C.D. Lamb be for the team? You know, like, what player is going to be undervalued and fall to him? Well, there's a couple of different names there. I, I think the first is Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech. You know, just a few weeks ago, we were talking about him as maybe the best defensive player in the entire draft. Uh, but after a recent back surgery, I think it's possible that he falls into the late teens. Maybe that's a, a spot that the Raiders could potentially grab. Uh, and then another one, uh, another receiver. How about Devontae Smith? You know, again, somebody who just a few months ago was talked about as potentially the number three pick to the Dolphins. Uh, and now I would not be surprised if he falls down to the mid-teens. And if he's there for the Raiders at number 17, you're getting a, a Heisman Trophy receiver who would be a perfect fit in John Gruden's offense. We know how much they love Alabama players. I think if he's there, you have to consider picking him, even with all your needs on the offensive line and on defense. I love that one. That's a great one because, okay, so he's just tearing it up during the college football playoffs. No one can cover him. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like Ohio State couldn't figure out how to cover him. I don't know if they prepared for him or what, but nobody could cover Smith. And then he gets hurt. And then he has this kind of awkward offseason where he comes in at 170 pounds and he's rehabbing and all that, Marcus, right? Like, mm-hmm. what, what's been the knock? What's making Smith fall? Yeah, I think he's the only person in the world right now that's struggling to, to gain weight during quarantine. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, that's a good one. So, so I, I, think, I, I think that's it. If he was 185 pounds, I think we'd have a conversation about him going maybe to the Bengals at number five. But because he's six foot and 170 pounds, teams are a little worried. But Again, you pair him with John Gruden, you put him with back in the same offense with Henry Ruggs and with Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. Uh, that would be a lot of fun in Las Vegas. You could do a lot of things with that player. Oh, yeah, just just draft him and put him in the weight room. They'll figure that yeah, thing there out, you go. right? They'll, yes. they'll, they'll figure that out. So Yeah, and it's not like he needs to gain a ton of weight because, I mean, he was dominant in the SEC against you know some of the best corners that we're seeing in the NFL today. So it's not the biggest deal, but an extra 5, 10 pounds would certainly help. 170 though i'm seething with jealousy right there that's pretty good that's pretty good if i could get down there that'd be something yeah i agree i think everybody listening to this podcast would agree with that (laughs) absolutely you wrote about john gruden kind of he's taken some players under his wing and developed them right uh darren Mm waller's one that comes to mind you wrote about nelson Aguilar and maybe who could be a super sleeper that gruden's next project could be you wrote about this the player is jacob harris a hybrid wide receiver tight end from central florida guy who can do a lot of different things 
I thought this was a fun article. This is this is so true. Gruden does take guys and kind of he turns them into real players. And maybe there's a, a guy or two like this in the draft that he's targeting to uh, to be his next project. I think Jacob Harris might be the next target. This is somebody who the Raiders had met with multiple times. They went to his pro day. Uh, Ryan, this is this is quite the athlete here. Six foot five, two hundred and twenty pounds, ran a four four oh forty yard dash. And then he had a 40, 40 and a half inch vertical, 11 one broad jump, just an insane, insane athlete. Somebody that rivals Calvin Johnson as the most athletic receiver we've ever seen. Don't be surprised if on day three, this is somebody who the Raiders take and maybe start to develop him as a field stretcher, maybe as a tight end in the NFL. Because we know Gruden and Mayock like him quite a bit. What sleepers do we like in terms of NFL prop bets during the draft? We'll talk about it coming up next. All right, Marcus, when we're talking about NFL prop bets, not a ton of value in the top two, I don't think. I think we know Trevor no, Lawrence is no. going to the Jags. We know Zach Wilson's going number two. That that thing's set in stone. Number three, though, is all over the place. I, Mac Jones is minus 250, which I, I was like, whoa, minus 250. Like, I know that there's been some reported interest there, but maybe it's a smokescreen by the 49ers. Justin Fields at plus 250, Trey Lance at plus 350. Do you think there's any value there in those guys? Or do you do you believe in the hype that Mac Jones is the 49ers guy at number three? That would be a stunner. Yeah, we've actually seen those odds from Mac Jones decrease a little bit. Just a couple weeks ago, they were minus 400 and wow. minus 350. So whoa, whoa. to see them down to minus 250 means there's some uncertainty here. So I think Trey Lance is the one that we need to keep an eye on. When the trade of you know initially went down, he was kind of the guy that I was circling as a potential target. It just makes sense to put him in that offense, have him sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo for a year, and then take over in 2022. We know that Trey Lance is another pro day coming up, and we know that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch will be there. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on those Trey Lance odds right now. All right, another one, the Falcons at number four, another <clears> absolute wild card. And I guess I shouldn't just say the Falcons because it's just the number four pick. you got to keep that yeah. in mind when you're betting the <laughs> number four overall pick. But right now, the Falcons own that pick. We know they're probably shopping it or at least entertaining. Who wants to give us a ridiculous haul to take our pick at number four? But are they going to finish the run at quarterback at number four? Are you going to take Kyle Pitts? <laughs> Jamar Chase, you can get plus 1,200 odds on for Jamar Chase. Now, I know the Falcons – do the Falcons need Jamar Chase? Uh, he'd look good on that team. I don't know if they need a yeah. wide receiver as yeah. much as they need other positions, but plus 1,200 for Jamar Chase, plus 1,600 for uh, Penny Sewell. Like, I don't know. Like, There's some odds there at number four, but it seems like maybe quarterback or Kyle Pitts is like the super favorite at four, but I think there's some value there as well at number four. What, what, the, what are the odds for Kyle Pitts right now? Plus 150 for Pitts. Yeah, I would jump on those odds because I, I do think Kyle Pitts is going to go there, whether it's to Atlanta or potentially to a team that's trading up because I think Kyle Pitts is a generational tight end. Uh, I think he's just simply the best pass catcher in this class. So could I see a team like even Carolina, maybe making the move up to number four to grab somebody to put him with Sam Darnold? I think so. I think there's a good chance that Atlanta will just stay there and pick him because he might be the best player in the entire draft. And that includes Trevor Lawrence. So at plus 150, I really like those odds for Kyle Pitts. He's going to have a lot of hype to live up to, isn't he, Marcus Pitts? We it all, shouldn't be a problem. We he's, he's that talented, though. Yeah. No. He, he's that good. He, I, I don't think he'll have any problem living up to it. Well, speaking of uh, teams and fans who want Kyle Pitts, uh, the Cowboys at number 10. <laughs> so uh, Patrick Sertan 
is a guy that you've been tweeting about for, I think, two or three months now, Marcus. <laughs> uh, it seems longer than yeah, that. I think yeah. since October. Yeah. We know you want that guy. If it's not mm-hmm. Pitts, you want, you want him. And I, I think he's he's probably the top corner in the, in the class. He's the favorite to the Cowboys at plus 150. I kind of like that one. You put a $100 bet on Sertan to the Cowboys at those odds. It pays back 250 It's a guy the Cowboys. We know they're linked to him. Uh, I don't know. That one seems... That that seems like a gettable one. Sertan at plus 150 at number 10 for the Cowboys. Yeah, the only thing you're really worried about is will he get to the Cowboys at number 10? And I think he will. The teams that could potentially take him include the Panthers at 8 and then the Broncos at 9. But both teams sign veteran corners this offseason. Mm-hmm. And then it basically comes down to will the Cowboys be blown away by a trade offer if a team needs to come up and get a Justin Fields? We know the Cowboys would like to trade down if they can get a, a big haul but if they have to sit there and pick at 10, I can't see it being anybody other than Patrick Sertan. So I do like those odds. All right, here's one for Raiders fans. Uh, this is not. This is just one that you got to be like, uh, it just raises the red flag. It's like mm-hmm. a hint, hint. So there's a prop bet on Elijah Vera Tucker, the offensive lineman from USC. So it's minus 120, Marcus, for him to be picked number 17 or earlier. And then the odds are minus 110 to be picked 18th or later. Now, I don't see any value there, really, only to say uh, Vegas is kind of screaming at us that the Raiders are going to take Elijah Vera Tucker because there's a pivot point right there at number 17, right? So, I don't know. I just kind of read between the lines. I think Vegas believes Vera Tucker from USC is the guy. Well, and it's understandable, right? The Raiders have not been the uh, the tightest organization when it comes to leaking information. They <laughs> Listen, they've got John Cruden and Mike Mayock running all their decisions. Cruden wants uh, to go on like TV to, right now and tell us. Yeah, they, they like to talk to people. I think, again, Mike Mayock worked at the NFL Network. He like, he's got guys over there that he is talking to all the time. So we're starting to see more and more mock drafts uh, slot Elijah Vera Tucker to the Raiders at 17. And it makes a ton of sense. He can play tackle. He can play guard. He's a mauler in the run game. Uh, I fully expect as of right now for that to be the pick when we get to the first night of the draft. Me too. I think Vegas is telling us, they're telling us exactly what's going to happen. I like Mm -hmm. when that happens too. Um, All right. So some other prop bets that I like, Marcus, and you can either comment on these or throw in some that you like as well. But so so Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State, the Patriots are at plus 700. He's a guy I could see slip into 15. And as a Pats fan, I don't think I'd love it. I'd rather see them do something else. I don't know if I want them to draft Micah Parsons, but it seems like a Belichick kind of pick. A guy that projects as a top 10 talent that falls to him at 15. So at plus 700, I think a small wager on that one makes some sense. Also, the Patriots to draft Justin Fields at plus 1800 is kind of a good number because that's the dream. If it comes true and they move up to, say, number nine to get Fields, if he slips to the Broncos spot at number nine or something, I I like 1800 for the Pats if, if they're in love with Justin Fields, but you never know. And then another one. Najee Harris, I know there's some there's some hype around Harris getting drafted in the middle of the first round, but the Bucks at plus seventeen hundred. I just Harris at number thirty two to the Bucks makes some sense. I know Luke Easterling has mocked them, probably because he's a Bucks fan. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> he's a Bucks fan, so he's yes, mocking Najee yes. Harris to his team. Uh, but the Bucks at number thirty two, plus seventeen hundred, you sprinkle a little bit, you could make some money there. So those are some prop bets that I'm looking at. But Marcus, I don't pull the trigger until you tell me it's a good idea. <laughs> so what do you think about those? And maybe you got anything else? Yeah, well, so let's start with Najee Harris. I don't think he gets that to that pick at the Tampa Bay. I think there's too many teams that could potentially draft him, starting with the Dolphins at 18, the Steelers at 24, uh, Jacksonville drafting at 25. So I think that's kind of his, his range. And then on top of that, Tampa Bay signed Giovanni Bernard today. 
Uh, they've got enough guys in that backfield now with that with Bernard. That's squash. Yep, yep. And Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. But could I see it? I think it's a possibility if you were to get there. And then again, Justin Fields at eighteen to one to go to New England. I absolutely love that. You know that Bill Belichick is not going into the season with Cam Newton being his only quarterback again. They're going to be aggressive. They've got a ton of draft capital. And if Fields gets outside the top seven or eight picks, I think that's when it becomes very realistic that Belichick goes up and gets his guy. So at 18 to one, I think that's a good bet to sprinkle a few dollars off. Well, there it is. How'd you like the mock draft breather? I had fun with that. That was great, Mark. Yeah, that's fun. Betting's always fun. We always like to make money, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll do more of that next week. We'll catch you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.